0: So I did this tour in Northern Europe and, um, and I was in Warsaw and I played this show and it was supposed to go on at, it was supposed to go on at 11 o'clock and my, a friend booked me, like I knew somebody, uh, wh- whose friend ran this really cool cafe. So first I was supposed to be in a club and then the night of they said, actually, we're going to put you in our cafe and I show up at the cafe and it's really cool, but it's like really small and like. It was probably the size of the you know the room we're in. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, well, let's just do it. And it was like a normal cafe. like, But there was a little stage that they made for me. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And then they kept putting the show off. And they're like, oh, it's going to go on at 12. It's going to go on at 1. If there are people are coming, don't worry.
1: Okay.
0: So 1 o'clock rolls around. I'm like, listen, I really want to just – if no one's going to come, that's okay. I just want to get the show over with. They yeah. go home because I will never cancel a show. I yeah. will do a show even for one person because okay. – that to me is like that's that's my personality. I will show up and I'll do it. Okay. And all of a sudden I see these lights coming over the her, like far away and I was like what is that and they're like these are the people coming for your show. Uh-oh. He goes also they just left they just left a big football match. So they're all what? footballers. Oh and my. I'm not kidding you. Like 2000 people show up to this show and you know probably 200 are inside. Cause yeah. that's all that would squeeze, squeeze in. in yeah. and then they're all and there's glass all around the space, so yeah. everyone can look in. and They can hear because there's speakers. Yeah. So the whole area outside was flooded with people with like their face painted like yellow. Yeah. I think it's yellow and red for the Polish team. So <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, what am I doing? This is so not right not the right sound and i have all these glittery costumes and and uh, there's nowhere for me to change so i was changing the kitchen and there was like the kitchen or the cafe uh, and there was like the chefs all staring at me and i was like so i said to myself felix you either go out there and you do this show or you quit and you just go home to america and you don't do music anymore because if you can't perform for this audience then you don't deserve to be doing music anymore oh wow I, so i said so i was like let's just do this so i cut all my slow songs i yeah. said let's get let's pick it up and i was like <laughs> grab my mermaid tail <laughs> i had this mermaid tail that i brought on to her and i was yeah. like i'm just gonna start start strong yeah and people were silent right yeah jaws dropped well,
1: so you got this mermaid tail on
0: yeah and i'm doing this crazy act and I didn't really know how it was going, yeah. but it was. people didn't leave. They watched the whole show. And afterwards, this old man comes up to me and he says, so it sounds like he's screaming at me because I didn't speak Polish and I still don't. Um sounds like he's screaming at me. And then this girl comes over to me and she says, okay, this is so crazy, but we flew on the same Ryanair flight in together. Oh my and goodness. Secondly, she's like, and I noticed you on the plane. She's like, I did not know I was going to be here tonight. And secondly, that old man, do you know what he just said to you? Yeah. And I was like, what? And she said, "Sounds like he was he Screaming. sounded like he's yelling at you, but he was really saying he's so glad he got to see you perform before he died cuz he's never seen anything like this And this made his life."
1: I I just got chills. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So, I will never forget that night.
1: But all right, so if you Will, but if you start with the mermaid tail, like, how do you go up? Or you just mermaid tailed at the whole?
0: No, I mean, I had so many costumes, you know. <laughs> I had a whole bag of them. And they were falling apart on this tour, what? like, left and right. Oh, oh yeah. God. Strings flying yeah. off, like, pieces <laughs> ripping. The audience loved it. Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, all right. So, so guys, this is Isla Heart New York week. This is Epsom Radio. You already know that. Um I'm with Felix III, who produces uh, Tea Time with Fifi for us. That comes on every Sunday, or every second Sunday, excuse me. And it's archived, so if you miss it, you can listen to it there. We're talking about um, New York, but also his music career and his creativities. definitely one of the most creative people I know. And um, off the back of what you just said about uh, the costumes, you make all your clothes. Or your costumes. How... I, I Like, it's always... We've been friends a while, and it's always baffling how one person can do... be good at so many things and be able to produce... I don't... I, I just... I can't wrap my head around, like, having that many talents and being good at them. So, just to start with the clothing and how you started with making your own costumes and why that was, like, important to you.
0: Well truthfully i wouldn't have made any of them i would have been happy paying somebody to make them for me but i didn't have those resources <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what i will say this and it's so true the things that the all the all the skills that i've learned came down to the fact of money okay. right like some people say oh i like and i've always been a create i've always created things and i've experimented right i'm an I, among so many people, um, I feel like everything should be customized, right? If you're going to be an artist, make, your, make it your voice. And so, I could, one, I couldn't find people who could really create my voice. Um, and two, um, I couldn't afford to hire the people that could. And so, I, I took a sewing class and I bought a sewing machine and I was like, people do this all the time. And I just started doing it, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. And um, and I also loved, you know, without sewing machine, I also loved doing papier mache and all sorts of artistic things to really create these larger than life concepts for the for that project. And um, I am really grateful that I did that um, because it it gives you a sense of. Um, I guess ownership of your voice, yeah, you know, um because you know they the cl- most cliche thing they always say about artists is finding your voice, yeah, right, and everybody finds it in a different way for me, it was learning all a hodgepodge of skills that would you know would work together, you yeah. know, um also, I did learn how to sew when I was in. Seventh grade home economics class, <laughs> and I sewed a skateboard pillow. A and the only reason pillow. the only reason I learned to sew as well as I did by hand is because the incentive—if you were the fastest sewer in the class—you yeah. would get these these um, peach gummies. You know All the right. ring, the circles with their peach flavored, like Haribo. Okay. And, and one side is white, and one side is like peach with like sugar on them.
1: I think so. I think I mean it sounds familiar.
0: So if you finish sewing by the end of the class, your little mini project you would the first one you would get these little gummies and I've been a sugar freak, you know, when I was younger. Yeah. So I would sew faster just so I could get them yeah. every single day. But you just get one or a pack? You get like three. Okay. And that was enough for me. And it was a skateboard pillow. What in the hell is that? It was a pillow that looked like a skateboard. Oh okay. <laughs> I was so
1: confused. I thought maybe it was like a pillow that you put on the skateboard and lay down or yeah. something. When you're watching everybody else, mash out or whatever. No, I've the hell always they do. wanted to skateboard, but I never learned. Well, you got a million talents. Okay, so, fashion-wise, you're making your costumes. Where do you find your inspiration
0: from? Oh, um, well, a lot of the stuff comes from like people act af- often give me materials. Um, they'll they'll say, oh, I f- I just had this at ho- home and I thought maybe you'd want it and it would be something, or I had this piece of clothing and or whatever so when I start a new project I kind of go through my bin to see what I have and then sometimes I deconstruct sometimes I start from scratch Um, and then I just think about what it is I look at um, runway shows I do all sorts of stuff Um, old old movies or um, if it's for a music video then I think about what the video is going to look like and that's where it comes from you Mm -hmm. know
1: back to new york so you've somehow survived <laughs> in new york <laughs> if you call it that yeah yeah survived in new york flourished um but like how like i mean that's a bit of a too vague question but you're doing these shows when you get back from spain there's one person in the audience i'm assuming that wasn't a paid show
0: yeah, no, I'm, I lost money <laughs> I had to pay for a taxi and then pay for pizza. Yeah, but what, first of all, how do you do that?
1: And then second of all, uh, why do you do that? Like why this city and why put yourself through that much strain? Why this city? Like what does it, does it give you some, does this city in itself, I always think of this city as like a, a living organism, Yeah. like a functional belly of the beast. Mm -hmm. And one, you have to keep moving and keep changing because it's going to move on without you. Mm -hmm. It's not waiting for you. And the way even myself, when I lived here, I've moved on from that philosophy. But even myself, when I lived here, you have to be of the mindset that it could only happen here. Right. Like you couldn't get this inspiration from any other place, city, city uh per capita or like pound for pound block for block
0: right it i mean that's that's true there are opportunities here that they just don't exist in other places you know and i've i think new york put into my head the sort of thinking that if somebody says no that's okay move on somebody'll say yes eventually okay. you know because there's such a there's such a high um population and there's if you are open to it um opportunities present themselves and you know serendipitous things happen all the time you may be seeking something you go out you go to a bar with a friend that friend brings another friend and that friend is the connecting point to what you've been looking for you know yeah um so it's just um it is a living, it is a living creature, um, and it's also like a you're in a relationship with the city, because it is a very um, taxing place to live when things are not going well, right? Like rent. Too damn high. Like <laughs> too damn high, yeah. Exactly. Well documented. <laughs> very famous uh, fa- yeah. very famous expression. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Um what was that guy's name? He ran on the rents too damn high party. Yeah.
1: If you guys are listening just YouTube, the rent is too damn high. And then it it's not uh I mean there's a skit about it, but that guy actually existed. Like that it's amazing. It was one to one. The skit is one to one, the guy. And he it was something about when you uh apply to run for May, you just need signatures to be on the panel yeah and he was from the rent is too damn
0: high party <laughs> <laughs> in every question that's what he said the rent is too damn high and it's true it's true he wasn't wrong so you know like to, to put it simply it you're in a relationship that is like you said it's ever-changing um when my darkest periods in new york have been the periods where i am unable to see opportunities for what they are you know because you get stuck in one idea of what things should be versus what it is because every time i've really struggled with moving to the next step right it's because i haven't gone outside and used the city for what it really is okay you know and because there is a weird magic here that that kind of pushes and pulls you into places that you would one never be able to see and also it it changes your perception of the world and possibility like some cultures are very much like this is not possible right new york city is not that sort of city you know generally people don't say no either they ignore you or (laughs) (laughs) they'll either ignore you or they will say maybe or they'll yeah. say let me find out yeah. right and with enough pressure and enough passion you can find ways around everything yeah right um so if you can handle the gatekeepers right if you can get past that then new york can be a really wonderful place um, but there's inspiration everywhere especially in the summertime you can go out and you can just see the most wonderful things i mean yesterday while I was looking out my window, I saw the, these two hawks chasing a dove to eat it, and I was like, "This is so <laughs> fucked up." <laughs> and I watched the whole thing. I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely scarred." <laughs> but <laughs> I would maybe wouldn't see that anywhere
1: else. Yeah. I'm sure it was like somebody off the roof that has a pet hawk, and they know. threw the threw the dove out. I don't think that was nature. I don't. <laughs> doves aren't naturally in New <laughs> York. Hawks aren't in New York City. I don't think. I know. I know. was somebody from the roof. It was pretty
0: gruesome, uh-huh. but. Yeah. I can't I don't I guess I don't have a a concrete answer because it is an emotion.